Welcome to 11 Cats Radio. Have you ever wondered how a cat's perception of the world might differ from your own? Well, put your cat glasses on and find out what cats want you to know as we explore their world through their eyes. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, a healthcare and patient advocate for people and an advocate, not only for my 11 cats, but for you and yours and for cats everywhere. Enjoy the next few minutes with us where we believe that a cat is not just a cat. Please don't get a cat. That's right. Here I am, an advocate for rescuing cats, and I'm saying please don't get a cat. Have I gone mad? No, but I am mad. And I'm betting this segment will make some people mad. But as a cat advocate, I simply cannot stay quiet. So no harm meant, just a calling out of an injustice as I see it. Here's the story. I know of a woman who I will call the human who rescued, and I use the term rescue rather sarcastically. She responded to a friend who had a feral cat in her backyard. The friend trapped the cat, had it spayed, and the human took the cat to her home. Now, the human currently has six dogs inside her home along with a male cat. So that sounds like a person who cares for animals, right? Well, the cat that she rescued has been in a cage at the human's home for well over two months now. How do I know this? From time to time, I contact the friend of the human to learn of the status of this cat. You ask, why am I interested? Well, because the cat is the mother of two of my kittens whom I added to my crew. Once the mother cat was trapped, spayed, and went home with the human, two of her babies were sent to a local shelter. And when I learned that these two might be separated from each other, a little brother and sister, I decided to take them both, despite the fact that I have 11 cats already, and I knew that adding two more to the group would be a bit of a challenge as far as integrating them in a friendly manner. But it has worked out remarkably well and everybody gets along. And it's not magic that that happened. There is a reason for this, and that is because I spent a considerable amount of time and slowly sight-swapped and scent-swapped, worked with screens to block the entrance to their safe space so that my current cats could see them and smell them and slowly get used to their presence. This took about two weeks or so of concerted effort, but I knew that it would prior to my accepting them. And this was all accomplished cage-free. Now here it is, months later, and the poor little mother of my two kittens, who by the way is perhaps only a year old herself, has been confined to a cage with six dogs running all around her as well as another cat. And here's what really makes me scratch my head and wonder what people think about. When I asked the friend why the cat is still in the cage, the response was, because the human's house is an open floor plan and none of the rooms have doors. <laughs> Now, does anyone really believe that? A home with no doors? No bedroom doors for privacy? No bathroom doors for privacy? And I asked, is there nowhere in this entire home for this cat to hang out outside of the cage until she acclimates to the new situation? Is there nowhere the human could screen off 
in order to allow the existing animals a way to see and smell her without caging the poor thing? Can the human put the dogs outside and the other cat with a family member for an hour or two each day to allow the mother cat to come out, to explore, to create some territory of her own, to sniff, to mingle her scent with the rest of the crew? Oh, but I was told, the cage is big. A person can fit into it. And she has a cave where she hides all of the time. And I saw a sad picture of this little cat in her cave. You know, one of those compressed wood structures covered in carpet, the kind made of toxic wood pieces, toxic glue, formaldehyde carpet that off-gasses into perpetuity. And here this little girl who used to live out in the fresh air now resides breathing in fumes in this cocoon of toxicity. My heart weeps. Months in a cage, eating and drinking next to a litter box. So convenient for the human. But get this, if we really think like a cat and put our cat glasses on and view the world from a cat's perspective, here's the deal. Cats do not like to eat near their water, and this goes back to the fact that cats are hunters. When they catch prey, things can get a little messy, leaving nearby water contaminated. And while our indoor cats are not usually catching prey, unless there's a random mouse around, the instinct of the hunter is still strong. And I know in a normal home, most people place the cat's food and water bowl right next to each other. Convenient for the human, not right for the cat, however. So here's a tip. Even though they sell them, to avoid contamination from food, don't use a double feeder that has food on one side and water on the other. It's just too easy for food particles to drop into the water. And because of what I just mentioned about a cat's natural instinct, some cats won't drink water if it's too close to their food source. And cats are very notorious to not drink as much as they should, so it behooves us as the cat advocates to make the water and drinking situation as natural and readily available as possible. So separate your bowls and keep them clean and fresh. So not only is this mother cat, who, by the way, I don't even think has a name. How rude is that? Not only is she stuck in a toxic cage, but now she's forced to drink water in an uncomfortable and unnatural way. And living with a litter box? <laughs> All I have to do is ask you this question. Would you want to live in your bathroom? Eat and sleep in your bathroom? And hope that someone comes in occasionally to flush the toilet for you? I didn't think so. Cats have several litter box preferences that once again come from instinct and self-preservation, such as placing their food too close to the litter, keeping the litter box too close to their hangout spots, using the litter box in a noisy area, having no privacy while eliminating, and a dirty litter box. So now, poor little mother, all five of these pet peeves are being violated. Again, if you put your cat glasses on, you'll realize that cats never instinctively poop and pee next to where they eat, drink, and sleep. The smell would attract other animals to their food and shelter. Why do you think they cover their urine and feces? No, they're not being polite. It's instinct. And poor mother is forced to deny instinct as she does her business right next to her food and bed with roving cats and dogs around her. And do cats run and climb in the wild? Duh. Being able to run, chase, and climb is an important aspect of a cat's daily life. 
Again, its instinct and the ability to move is crucial to survive in order to escape predators. It's what they know. It's what they crave. It's who they are. And no matter what, they still maintain those wildcat territorial instincts. Cage life? Once again, easy for the human and clearly inhumane for the cat. I don't even know what it would feel like to be denied an instinctual behavior. Yet, this cat is stripped from all instinctual stimuli. So while this cat cannot communicate these concerns to the human, that certainly doesn't negate the fact that she is living in a highly unnatural environment. How stressful and unhealthy is that? Yet, when I inquire each week as to the status, I'm told that the human just loves this cat, but their home isn't conducive to letting her out. But she's flirting and bonding with the male cat, and yada, yada, yada. Flirting and bonding? <laughs> I don't think so. The poor creature is most likely scared out of her mind, hiding in her fume-filled cave while the human waits for the cat to suddenly wake up one morning and not be frightened and anxious. Hey, human, I'm ready to come out today and get along with everyone. Ain't gonna happen. So I ask the very obvious question. Didn't the human know prior to accepting this cat that her home didn't have any doors? That she had absolutely no plan as to how she was going to integrate this cat into her existing situation? Did she think? I think not. But then I'm told, well, if the cat was in a shelter, she'd be in a cage. Wow. Well, guess what? She's not in a shelter, so she shouldn't be in a cage. I'm sorry, but a cage is not an option outside of a shelter. And if you think it is, then please do not get a cat. A cat is not a toy. It's not a tchotchke, not a token that says, hey, look at me. I'm a great human. I rescued a cat. A cat is a living creature that is highly instinctual and deserves to be respected on all levels. The human should not be the controller, but rather the accommodator. Here's an excerpt from the Animal Rescue Corps in Washington, D.C. that I think says it all. The author says, The cage is a fundamentally flawed contraption that causes rapid emotional, social, and physical decline of its inhabitants. In my experience, any animal confined to a cage goes through three phases of decline, typically starting with high anxiety, leading to depression, and resulting in psychological turmoil. Putting an animal in a cage is a violation of that creature's innate right to live naturally and without suffering. This type of confinement also forces animals to eat, sleep, and defecate in a space often only a few times the size of their body. This causes health problems and can ultimately lead to death in some species. But the cage itself is not the driving force of this cruelty. It is the humans. As always, it's the humans. Kennels and cages and cat condos, or however you want to describe them, serve a limited purpose and should only be used for specific limited purposes, such as travel or to isolate an injured or post-surgery animal for protective healing and recovery. Not because your house is too small or because you don't have doors or you have dogs or you're just too human to realize or admit that you don't have a clue of what it's like to be in your cat's position and to justify it by saying, oh, 
but the cage is large. The cat is bonding. We love her so much. What is it that you love so much about a caged creature? Left to breathe toxic fumes all day, forced to eat, drink, and poop in the same corner while dogs and a cat circle and sniff and bark. What is it that you love? I actually located this human's phone number and politely called her one Sunday afternoon with the kind offer to take the cat from her and reunite the cat with her babies. The response was a bit cool, as I guess one would be when they feel they are being questioned, but I don't care. A little cat is silently tortured in the name of love, I guess. So I'm not much concerned about the human's feelings. My offer was shut down. Nope, we're keeping her. Well, that's for sure. You're keeping her. You're keeping her from living a normal and healthy life. And so, with this first-hand situation in mind, and from what I read and hear, there are so many situations like this and worse. So that's why I say, please, don't get a cat if you don't have the time, the finances, the space, the environment, or the mental capacity to do everything in your power that is natural and right for that cat. Don't get any animal for that matter if your heart doesn't bleed with compassion and empathy. Don't get a cat if you don't have the ability to actually be that cat. If you cannot feel what it is like to be that creature, if you do not have that ability, please don't get a cat. Please keep today's conversation in mind and share this episode with anyone and everyone you know who is contemplating getting a cat. Before you adopt a cat, dig deep into your heart and soul before you make a 20-year commitment to an innocent life. That's right. Ask, what will my life look like in 5, 10, 15, and 20 years from now? Because cats live a long time and they are not disposable if your lifestyle changes. Do you have time to play every day? Do you have the patience? Can you withstand some spills, messes, cat hair, or furniture damage? Will you always have the money to buy proper food and pay for vet bills? Do you have adequate space to allow the cat a life consistent with his or her instincts? Is your physical space safe and ready for a cat? Is everyone in the family on board with the decision? Does anyone have cat allergies? Do you have a plan for integrating your cat with existing pets or children? Do you have the mental and physical ability to care for another life? And if you have unanswered questions, please don't get a cat. Thank you for joining us at 11 Cats Radio. I am Pat Rulo. Grateful that you choose to advocate with me. Until next time, visit 11catsradio.com and give your cat a kiss from me. And remember, accepting a cat into your life is a lifetime commitment. <laughs>